there! Happy Life Day, everyone, and welcome to Blip Bloppity Bloop, a Star Wars podcast. I'm your host, Nate Hawley, and with me all the way from Wookiee Planet C is Chewbacca's cousin, Will Heckman. <laughs> so this week, we're talking all about the infamous Star Wars holiday special. But before we do that, we're going to jump right into our first segment, Bustin' with Happiness, where we each talk about something from the world of Star Wars that's made us happy this week. Jar Jar? Lisa Bustin' with Happiness. So, Will, what have you been enjoying in the world of Star Wars? Well, as we all know, Disney Plus came out, and with that, The Mandalorian. But more so for me is the fact that I can now watch any Star Wars I want with the click of a button. And I have it all downloaded on my nice little iPhone. And so I've been watching a little bit at work during my lunches. (laughs) Um, And just, I don't own the movies, and I haven't had readily available fake access. Fan. He's a fake fan. He doesn't own the movies. My brother owned them when, when we were growing up, and so he took them, and I just have never really been able to purchase them. Sure, yeah. Um, what about you, Nate? Um, yeah, so um, yeah, with Disney Plus dropping, uh, I've been enjoying the first two episodes of The Mandalorian. I've seen the first episode five times and the second episode <laughs> twice now. Um Maybe. Yeah, so uh, I've been enjoying that a lot. I'm about three hours into Jedi Fallen Order, uh, which so far so good. Um, it's a really fun game. It's hard. Uh, it's yeah. uh, good. reasonably difficult, um, which is good. Um, you know, it's not hack and slash like the Force and Unleashed. Um, right. It's not literally do one move and you get through every level yeah um or the force unleashed too where you can literally force push someone and disintegrate them (laughs) but uh yeah and then i've been chugging along on master and apprentice as well uh so i've been enjoying that um nice yeah so lots of great stuff on disney plus that we've been enjoying um yeah we uh adjusted our recording schedule so now we're gonna be all caught up same as you guys with the Mandalorian um, and everything coming out on Disney Plus, so um, we're excited to be able to be on the same uh, page as you guys with what's coming out in the world of Star Wars. Um, so why don't we go ahead and transition into our main topic for the day? Finn, let me learn you something big. The Star Wars Holiday Special. Most of us have heard of it. Many of us have seen it, but few understand just why it exists. George Lucas himself has said in the past that he wishes he could hunt down and burn every copy of it. Well, Nate and I rewatched it recently, and we need to work through our feelings about it. And perhaps we might find some nuggets of gold to celebrate in the midst of everything that is talked about so negatively. So, Nate, why don't you set the stage for us? Yeah, so the Star Wars Holiday Special aired on CBS on November 17th, 1978. It was directed by Steve Bender and stars the original Star Wars cast and features musical performances by Diane Carroll, Jefferson Starship, B. Arthur, and Carrie Fisher. Uh, The special also introduced us uh, for the first time to Chewbacca's family, uh, his father Itchy, his wife Mala, and his son Lumpy. Um, as we discussed last week, uh, the special was our first introduction to the character of Boba Fett in a nice little uh, cartoon piece, in basically in the middle of it. Uh, and John Favreau has cited the special as a source of some visual inspiration for The Mandalorian, um, also some dialogue gags in there with mentions of Life Day and uh, things like that. Uh, the basic plot is that Han Solo has to get Chewbacca home, 
for the annual Wookiee holiday of Life Day, um, where they celebrate their Tree of Life um, or something. So, uh, however, due to an Imperial blockade, it takes them quite a while to be able to land safely. Um, and because of this, uh, we, you know, we have time to check in on Chewbacca's family while they uh, wait for him at home. And uh, they're frequently visited by Imperial agents investigating uh, rebel activity in the area. Um, eventually, though, uh, Chewie and Han are able to come home, save the day, get the Empire out of there, and uh, everyone's able to celebrate Life Day happily ever after uh, together. So, uh, well, I thought we'd start with our general thoughts, um, you know, kind of where, where are you at with uh, the holiday special? Where have you been? You know, upon this recent rewatch, what has changed? Uh, just kind of general general thoughts. Well, in the past, it was just a way to watch the cartoon with Boba Fett in it, uh, especially with my friends growing up in high school. Um, and we never really sat down and watched the whole thing. We would get maybe about 10 to 15 minutes in and be like, all right, let's skip forward. <laughs> so I never really sat down and truly tried to get through it. <clears throat> so with that being the focus this time, I actually found quite a bit that I enjoyed. Um just in the way of how they built the universe. Sure. You know, built world building in it and the day-to-day -day we get throughout it for just regular people and sometimes not so regular people <laughs> under the influence and, sorry, control of the Empire. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we get this um, almost like Gestapo feel of the Empire, you right. know, going around, knocking on doors, looking for rebels. Um and, uh, yeah, there's some interesting things built in there. Um, you know, we're not going to lie and pretend that it's this great piece of cinema. <laughs> yeah. it's, um, it's not very well done. But there's some really interesting nuggets there. And, uh, you know, we want our show to be a voice for positivity and fandom. So we thought, what better way to do that than to talk about supposedly the worst thing in Star Wars in a positive light and find the things that we can enjoy in it. Um, so, yeah, I really enjoyed the, you know, what you were saying, um, with, like, the everyday feel, you know, you get to see right. this Wookiee family in their home, what life is like for them, um, you get to see this shopkeeper, um, uh, just selling items to this Imperial officer and communicating with, um, his clients, you know, right. the Wookiees, um, just kind of everyday life, we get this cantina on Tatooine, yep. um, just everyday life stuff and it's it's got some some interesting stuff there right and like that's the kind of stuff i feel like we've seen a bit from the newer canon uh or disney era as a lot of people Absolutely. are referring to and it's stuff like that that i actually really enjoy in these books and in some of the the little segments that, like in rebels there was a another cantina that got its uh, curfew put in effect and so they were yeah in season four yep um and yeah you know you get that in uh like the book lost stars um with um thane and cyana um you know just living under the empire and like cyana is like yeah they're cool yeah. why not um and you know ends up um becoming one of them and um doesn't mind how they run things um and we've gotten a lot of those characters um, who are just kind of 
everyday folks who are like, you know, like what Jin Erso says in uh, um, uh, Rogue One when Saw is like, you would stand to see the Imperial flag rain across the galaxy. She's like, it's not a problem if you don't look up. <laughs> um, you know, just folks like that. Um, or even, you know, this is post-Empire, but, um, you know, it, Star Wars Resistance is mm-hmm. everyday folks. Um, you know, uh, they actually invite the First Order onto their right. station. Um, you know, because it's just everyday people and they just want to be safe and... Um, so we get some of those flavors of that. Like the empire is still obviously evil (laughs) in the show, but, um, yeah, we get some of those flavors that we've been getting more recently in, in the new canon. Like you said, I really as always enjoyed the, the animated, uh, bit with Boba Fett. Mm -hmm. And it was interesting to actually look at the plot of it for once and not just enjoy there's Boba Fett on screen. Sure. Um, it has a bit of a, I would say even even uh, the animated part has a bit of a Star Trek feel to it. Yeah, I would um, agree with that. Well, it even starts with like a star log. Yep. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and it's 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 got that charm there because of that. I feel uh, at times, um, and so it's interesting to just see that there and see what it inspired from there on out. Especially because we get Luke, he, you know, befriended Boba Fett. Yeah. Because, you know, Boba rescued him from the creatures. And then we get Boba Fett turning on them and trying to turn them into Darth Vader, who he happens to be his quote-unquote right-hand man. Right, yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it was an interesting introduction to this, uh, you know, this villain who, you know is apparently larger than life in how he's, you know, portrayed here, yeah. you know, the right-hand man of Darth Vader. Um, but yeah, I like, you know, this was our first introduction to a bounty hunter in right. Star Wars. You know, that's something that's so quintessential to to the universe that we think of um, right. as smugglers and bounty hunters. Um, but, and even though some of the characters in the original film might have been bounty hunters, they aren't identified as right. such um, until... Boba Fett in the holiday special um so that's kind of an interesting thing you know it's part of the the wild west aspect of Star Wars you know you had bounty hunters in in the old west right um and this was our first introduction to that in space yeah and and, (laughs) in in our favorite fantasy universe um which is yeah it's really cool and the cartoon holds up like you know it's it's pretty fun uh, the animation on the humans is a little weird, wonky. Um, but it's you know it features all the voices from the original cast, and um, I don't know who voices Boba Fett, but it's not Jeremy Bullock. No. <laughs> um, but it's uh, it's it's some good stuff in there, right? Um, and so now that we got the favorite part of of that show out, um. What other points actually stick out to you? Like, for me personally, it's the cantina scene with B. Arthur. Yeah. And she she just feels right in the universe. Uh, she actually feels like she fits in, and it's, it's neat to see that, again, that everyday thing of her trying to run this cantina, but then they impose a curfew because there might be some rebels. And so... 
she's just trying to essentially keep her place running. And she is saying, please, come on, go. So I just, I really enjoyed her performance and her interaction with uh, all the other creatures in that scene. Yeah, absolutely. It's um, it's a really fun um, scene, and B. Arthur totally fits in the world of Star Wars. Right. Um, you know, she's got that Star Wars spunk to her that That's you it. you kind of expect from a, a cantina uh, bartender. Um, and yeah, it just totally fits in. The song is catchy. Um, it's <laughs> kind of fun that they. Uh, you know, used the original John Williams Cantina band and put words to it. Yeah, um, it, it, it's a fun scene, and it's just her her in your interactions with like when Krellman comes up <laughs> and it, she, you know gives her a flower and tries to say, "I know that you love me because you said, uh, can't wait to see you again," which she says to every single one of her patrons. Um. And he, Krellman was a little bit odd in design and uh, character, um, especially the fact that he drinks from the top of his head. <laughs> yeah. It's a little strange. But overall, I felt like that scene was one of my more enjoyable uh, moments. And what what's real interesting with that is that Krellman uh, is played by Harvey Corman, who ends up playing... Uh, two other characters, Chef Gormanda and the Amorphian instructor. Yeah. Um, and so the the cooking lesson with Chef Gormanda was was interesting to <laughs> say the least. Yeah. Enjoyable to see a another new alien, you know, as always. But um, it was definitely a product of its time and <laughs> yeah, it's, for sure. it's the the humor involved and and everything and um with her little instructions with the stir whip mash and and all that and uh we were talking earlier and i i i said it was kind of like the mrs doubtfire of star wars yeah yeah um she's an interesting character which surprisingly has made it into canon um in the book star wars aliens uh i i believe it's revealed that maz Kanata's chef learned under chef gormanda mm-hmm. so lots of uh stir whip stir whip 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 stirring in maz Kanata's castle i guess <laughs> um but yeah it's it's a strange character it's a strange sequence um yeah like you said definitely a product of its time it's it's i i think a lot of the problems with the holiday special is that it feels more like 1978 america than it does a galaxy far far away um much like you know you get jefferson starship in there and uh diane carroll and it's 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 clearly their music. It's yeah. it's not Star Wars music that um it's not doesn't feel like it's in, in universe uh even though they're trying to portray it as such. Sure. Yeah, I would you, you know in Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, you know, the Disneyland and Disney World attractions uh or Star Wars Land. Um you know, they have Star Wars in universe cantina music playing in the cantina. 
Um, and you can actually listen to that on Spotify. Um, it's called like Rex playlist, I, I think. Um, <laughs> uh, and it, it's, it. it's great. It. Yeah. It's the, the music is catchy and they're, they're good tunes. Yeah. Um, I wish they would have done something more along the lines of that, of like, you can have these musical performances, like it can still feel like a special. Right. Um, but just have it more in universe. I think, you know, one thing that I I just thought of about is I think they were still trying to figure out why people loved Star Wars so much at that time. For sure. And it, now that we're, you know, in 2019, there have been whole studies on that. And so you know now that people love Star Wars for the aliens, the characters, the, the story, as well as the music yeah being this unique thing among all of pop culture yeah well i think maybe some of the shortcomings of it was maybe they saw star wars as just another space franchise like star trek like doctor who um because it feels more in line with those series. Not saying those series are as bad as the holiday special at all. <laughs> no. Um, but some of the things that feel out of place would feel a little more at home in those other universes. Right. Um, because it's not it's not a sci-fi universe. It's a fantasy universe. It's right. a space fantasy universe. Uh, it has more in common with the Lord of the Rings than it does with Star Trek. Um yeah, space wizards and laser swords. Yeah. Um, and you don't get any of that, which is to say you don't need space wizards and laser swords necessarily to make Star Wars work. Um, no. You know, we just watched The Mandalorian. Um, first episode doesn't have any space wizards at no. all. Um, <laughs> and it works great, but it just doesn't, a lot of it doesn't capture that. But let's talk about some more things uh, we like in it. Let's try to stay positive right. here. Uh, the original cast. What what did you think about um how the original cast was used? Um, I I liked it to the uh especially Carrie. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt she had the more the most natural and most um on point with her character. Yeah, and that's not to say the other two char- you know the other characters weren't uh, on point either. I just. I think it just goes to show just how underrated Carrie Fisher was for a good long while. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah, the material she's given, she delivers as Leia. Like, you know, yeah. she has that, you know, won't take any BS, you know, will keep trucking along um, attitude that that is Leia, you know, that spitfire um, rebel leader that mm-hmm. you know it, it her scene is real short there's not a lot to it but she gives a pretty you know solid Leia performance that feels the most consistent with what we see right in the first film um you know Mark and Harrison uh do fine yeah. um you know they're not bad by any oh, means no. um but it's just I think Carrie is shines as the um you know as the original cast performer in right. this one um you know mark is given this scene where he video chats with uh the wookie family who he apparently has a relationship with um which is uh it's kind of cute um yeah. 
you know, they're still, they're like, hey, Luke, where's Chewbacca? And he's like, he's not there yet. Um, right. And uh, it's kind of sweet, you know, they're checking in with Luke and um, a fun way to, to bring in our our hero um, into this side story. Yeah. Um, it's kind of interesting. And then you got uh, Harrison performing as Han again. Yeah. And he... He clearly delivers Han, and he, he even has, you know, just... He definitely has a relationship with Chewbacca's family, as you would expect with his... Because they've been together for so long. Well, he definitely, um, yeah, is able to pretty quickly portray that he has a history with this family and that he right. cares about them. Um, you know, at the end, he says, you guys are like family to me. Um, which, again, I, I hope if we get a solo sequel, hashtag make solo two happen. Um... <laughs> thanks resistance broadcast um that if if we get a solo sequel we would be able to get some of that relationship you right know, we didn't see chewbacca's family in solo a star wars story which is fine they didn't need yeah. to be in that story um but if we get the continued adventures of chewie and han i'd love to see them find his family and then establish that relationship and see what what that turns into in canon right because uh, um, those characters are canon itchy mala lumpy they're all canon you know they go by different names um well different nicknames, nicknames um yeah. you know the the full names you know itchy to tuck or i can't pronounce yeah, his dad's name um and then uh mala tobuk is his wife who does go by mala in canon and then uh lumpy his full name is lumpa waru but he goes by waru in canon right. instead of lumpy which is a little more star wars it feels Feels a little more right. True. And then we get this uh, shopkeeper. You know, we, we see him interact with the Empire, try to sell items, and they just take what they want. Um, and so he gets a call with Mala, and he has to be discreet about saying, you know, he did get word of Han and Chewie. Yeah. Um, and then he shows up, and he becomes kind of our our viewpoint into this world with the Wookiees. Sure, yeah. I, I hadn't really thought of him like that before, but I guess, yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, he's definitely more of, more on our level, right. um, except that he can understand what the Wookiees yeah. are saying, um, rather than, you know, having to spend 15 minutes of with them with no with subtitles. Grunts and, and trills. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's just, you know, seeing his interactions with Chewbacca's family and how he's brought them uh, their products that you know they requested and it shows them and this is how we get our uh our little musical breaks he sits itchy down and gets him in this little visor and plugs him in and it shows him his desire <laughs> um and that's apparently diane carroll. diane carroll <laughs> Um, and so, and so we get these sort of, you know, this is how they enjoy entertainment and other forms of art through technology. Yeah. And so, I mean, in, in that aspect that, that is very Star Wars. Sure. Um, you know, we've seen in canon with like the hollow net, you know, they watch show, well, we even see like, um, in the films, you know, they're watching sports in Attack of the Clones. Yep. Um, you know different things like that um and so um art carney's the guy who plays the shopkeeper and he's 
again, the the humor is a product of its time, and it's it. I grew up with it, so I understand it. I think some of it's pretty funny because sure. I I honestly grew up with a lot of Three Stooges and a lot of slapsticks. So, yeah. so, um, so he comes across and he he does a good job with deflecting when the Empire comes in and starts searching the house and ransacking, yeah. uh, and he is able to turn their attention to other things briefly by showing them different products. And this is how we end up with Jefferson starship and their little hologram. And it it just, I actually quite enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed art Carney's performance in deflecting the empire to hide the fact that this is Chewbacca's home. Yeah. Yeah, he uh, he is always constantly deflecting in these really, you know, funny bits of, mm-hmm. you know, here, let me show you this. Uh, oh, hey, you guys don't have these protectors for your ID I chips yep. or whatever. Like, here, let me show you this and let me show you this. Oh, look at Jefferson Starship on this laptop. Oh, look at Diane Carroll on this other thing. And, you know, <clears throat> he's constantly deflecting and... Uh, trying to protect the rebellion in a really funny right. way. It, it it works actually. Um, you know the musical performances do kind of feel a little out of place, but you know it's <laughs> it's what it is. Uh, yeah, we definitely want to talk a little more uh, positively. Um, going back a little bit though, we had, we didn't talk about um, James Earl Jones is oh, back yeah. as Darth Vader. Yeah, <laughs> he's barely in it. Right, um, which you know probably why we didn't think about it but um he is back i think he provides new lines of dialogue it's either new lines or cut lines from star wars i'm not sure i believe it's new lines yeah um it might be old i think it's footage yeah it's, it's old footage but it's it's definitely um because james earl jones is actually credited yeah. and and it just says voice it doesn't yeah. say stock or anything on imdb right, yeah. so but when you get down to later on it sh- you see like alec guinness in there it's it's you know archive footage right is what it says. yeah so absolutely. um and it you know that was another thing that felt like it didn't skip a beat with that's darth vader that's obviously darth vader it's not some sort of knockoff vader yeah um yeah, he's just like, hey, um, be sure to investigate um, this Wookiee planet, Wookiee planet C. <laughs> yep. Or I think they call it Kazook at one point. Almost like Kazooka. Kazook. Uh, yeah, I don't Kazook. know. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Um, instead of Kashyyyk, I, 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 I don't know what that's about. <laughs> um, I feel like I got to pull out my kazoo and start playing it. But, yeah, he's like, investigate the Wookiees and be sure to cap- capture these rebels. Um, which, yeah, it, it all it all works um, in the, the brief um, moments that he's in there. And you, you got to really think about, at the time, this is, you know, people saw the movies and all of a sudden there's Star Wars, you know. On TV. At, on TV, at home. Yeah. And... Oh, oh, there's Mark. Or, sorry. Oh, oh, there's Luke. Oh, there's Princess Slayer. And, wow, there's Darth Vader. You yeah. know? 
Well, yeah, because like they didn't even have like the VHS, VHS hadn't yeah. been released yet. Nope. Um, so yeah, this is the first time they had Star Wars at home uh, on the television, which you know, for all its flaws, it's still Star Wars on TV, which yeah. is pretty cool. And you know, now we've got live action Star Wars on TV, yeah. and we're all excited about it. So yeah, so um, those are kind of our thoughts on the holiday special. Um, try to keep things positive. Obviously, some things don't work, um, but we thought to try to set ourselves up as a voice for Star Wars positivity, uh, that we try to find the things that do work in the supposed worst thing in Star Wars that, you know, even George Lucas himself wants to destroy. Um, but yeah, we think there's some nuggets of gold in there. Um, obviously, canon writers have too, because they've brought some some of the things back in uh so that's sort of it for what we have uh for today's episode if you have other episode suggestions feel free to send them to our email uh at gmail.com or you can tweet tweet them at us at blipbloppod on twitter um but why don't we go to he- go ahead and transition into our next segment truth in legends there's always a bit of truth in legends And this is the part of the show where we talk about something we've been enjoying outside of the Star Wars galaxy that we think has an interesting Star Wars connection. So, Nate, what do you got? Um, Yeah, so I've been, recently I've been binging uh, Noah Baumbach's films uh, leading up to uh, his um, upcoming release of Marriage Story, which stars Adam Driver, Mm -hmm. who we know as Kylo Ren and Ben Solo. Um but uh, he's actually in several other of his films. Uh, in Francis Ha, he plays uh, this like um, film student roommate of um, uh, Greta Gerwig's character. He's a you know a minor supporting character, uh, but he does a good job in it. Um, in While We're Young, he plays this really interesting, layered, um, aspiring documentarian. Uh, who plays opposite of uh, Ben Stiller's character. Um, And there's some really interesting dynamics in there that I don't want to spoil, but he's like this hipster documentarian (laughs) who has this weird twist at the end, and uh, it's it's kind of interesting. Uh, I I enjoyed it. Um, And then uh, I'm like halfway through Meyerowitz stories. Netflix crapped out on me when I was watching it, so I haven't... Uh, finished it yet he hasn't been in that one so far um but yeah i've been trying to watch all of noah bombach's films that are available for streaming uh before uh his next one marriage story comes out uh but i've heard nothing but good things about adam driver's performance adam sings in it oh. um yeah he actually sings through the whole song uh, uh being alive from company mm. um yeah wow be- because in in the film he plays um a uh, musical theater director right um and <laughs> so yeah i'm excited to see um uh adam's voice talent and we haven't heard him sing before and i, I haven't anyway um so i'm not professionally yeah anyway. <laughs> i'm excited to see uh how he does in that but yeah we've heard nothing but good things about his right. performance um in that film so that's kind of where i've been uh enjoying things outside of the world of star wars that has a star wars connection how about you will well um quick side note my favorite comic book superhero is spider-man so my wife and i last week 
uh, picked up Spider-Man Noir, the trade paperback for it. And so I've been going through that, and it, you know, the first couple uh, issues in it uh, tell the origin and how he gets his powers, um, which always leads me to reflect on the original Spider-Man origin and how he gets his powers and how he just wants to make money with it and he's reluctant to do anything good with it. Sure. And then he, you know, his Uncle Ben gets shot and that's the moment where he realizes he's got this power so he needs to be responsible with it. And so I always look back and think of it in the same way of you know Luke was a very reluctant hero at the beginning you know Obi-Wan told him that you know you need to come with me and rescue this princess I'm getting too old for this right and Luke says no I have a a life here I've got my aunt and uncle and they happen to get killed by the Empire and so that is his turning point as well to set him off on this journey and so um Luke Skywalker and Peter Parker have that similar, you know, transformation in them to set them off uh, on their adventures. And that's, you know, what I've been enjoying as well. Yeah. Yeah. I love you bring that up because that that calls to mind, you know, the hero's journey of, you know, we see these similar themes um, come back up in different media, Mm -hmm. uh, different stories, which is actually what we're going to be talking about. Um, all on our episode next week uh, is The Hero's Journey. Uh, Joseph Campbell um, kind of popularized that idea with the hero of a thousand fa- hero with a thousand faces. Um, how we see these similar themes, these similar events um, taking place in a hero journey um, in our stories, in our mythology. And so we're it, it's part of the DNA of Star Wars. George Lucas has um, cited Joseph Campbell as a inspiration for uh his style of storytelling and what he wanted to accomplish with star wars um and george was a student of campbell um campbell actually called george his greatest student yeah uh which is crazy um so we're excited to take a deep dive into that next week um but yeah glad you brought that up um as we see those themes in uh, all these different uh, media. But uh, that's pretty much it for our episode this week. So, uh, Will, where can the people find you online? Uh, the best way to find me is really just Twitter, at Heckahawk. Yep, and you can find me on Twitter at Hall of Fame. That is H-A-W-L, like my last name. Um, and Instagram at Hall of Fame as well. And you can follow the show account at Blip Blop Pod uh, on Twitter. Uh, or you can send us an email at Blip Blop Bloop Pod at gmail.com. Uh, and uh, if you're listening on iTunes, uh, be sure to leave us a review. It helps the show to get seen, helps us to get more listeners um, on Apple Podcasts. And, uh, and we just love to hear your feedback um, yep. as we... Uh, are a very young podcast and want to know what works, what doesn't, as we can uh, evolve and grow and go on our own hero's journey uh, with uh, this podcast. Uh, but with that, I have been Nate Holly, And I have been Will Heckman. Blip, bloppity, bloop, bye bye No, say goodnight.
The ability to speak does not make you intelligent. Now get out of here.